Welcome everybody, my name is Caroline and this is the Resilient Academic Podcast. Throughout this series, we're chatting with academics around the world about academic resilience as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. We want to understand what keeps them going, what helps them sustain their work, and most importantly, their conscious commitment to thrive in academia during and beyond the pandemic. In this episode, I'm excited to be talking with an internationally renowned researcher who's based in Hong Kong. Hello, Rose, and welcome to the Resilient Academic Podcast. Thank you. Rose, let's start the interview by you telling us a little bit about yourself. Please, would you tell the listeners about your current role and your stage of career? Uh, I'm a senior researcher. Uh, I'm a full professor. Um, I've worked in academia for over 30 years. Uh, and I do research and teaching and knowledge exchange and administration like all academics. Thank you. And to provide our listeners with some context, please would you tell us how COVID-19 has impacted on the region that you are working and living in at the moment, because we can't really travel. Um, COVID-19 has impacted the whole world. It's a pandemic. But I think uh, compared to other regions, our jurisdiction has not been so severely impacted. Uh, this is partly because of the control, the measures that were taken to control the pandemic. So, for example, we've had we have a population of about 7.8 million. We've had about 11,350 cases and 200, some 200 deaths. So, of course, uh, it's impacted on, you know, the society. Um, but not to the same extent as other jurisdictions with similar populations. And we live in a very high-density environment, so there's been a lot of uh, effort to control the pandemic. So um, we haven't had a lockdown per se as other places, but restrictions have been in place. Um the government has had a policy of enforcing and removing restrictions depending on the caseload, the number of positive cases and the situation with the pandemic. It's been really interesting talking to academics around the world um, to, to understand how it's operated differently in different areas. So that, that will be of a lot of interest to our listeners. If we change the focus a little now to focus more specifically on um, your university, could you tell us how COVID-19 impacted on academic work at the university? For example, is everyone working from home? What, what did it mean for your own workload? Uh, of course, COVID-19 impacted the uh, work at the university. The, I think the most major thing was the suspension of face-to-face -face classes. So uh, we were um, teaching online, really changed the way we interact with students because it was totally online. Uh, our workload, of course, increased uh, initially. We're, we're not used to doing online teaching. And although some of us had tried hybrid teaching before, uh, so we needed to learn the new techniques. We needed to learn how to record our lectures. We also needed to learn how to engage students in an online environment. So 
in terms of teaching, absolutely affected our work uh, very, very much. Whether this is uh, for the better or the worse, you know, we will we'll have to see the long-term impact on this. So definitely. Uh, as academics, we, other than teaching and interacting with students, we conduct research. And our research was clearly affected because I work in a faculty of education and we work with schools which were closed. We uh, Teachers didn't go to schools, right? So people were working from home. So definitely it affected timetables. <laughs> it affected uh, our scheduling, um, our research plans. We had to deal with this in many ways. So in some ways it increased our workload. So for example, if you have a class, you don't see the class if they're master's level students. We needed to plan for individual consultation uh, for students. But it, we also say a lot of time was saved, uh, I think, by the pandemic. First of all, a number of meetings were canceled. I think people are focused on just having meetings that were essential. We saved an incredible amount of time by traveling. Um, so if you have a meeting at the other end of the city, you could spend an hour getting there, an hour getting back. You saved all that time. You just focused on your Zoom meeting. Of course, the other thing we do as international academics is travel. And all travel was canceled. No, no um, conferences, no uh, meetings. So, so, of course, it really impacted the work of academics in terms of teaching, research, uh, outside uh, work service, etc. Would you say that it impacted on some research, some types of research more than others? Absolutely, absolutely. It, uh, if you were relying on collecting data from human subjects, right, from children, from adults, you weren't able to do that, right? Other types of research were not as affected. For example, if you work with animal models, animals have to get fed whether or not there's a pandemic. <laughs> so people have to go into the labs. Of course, there were some restrictions in terms of physical distancing. So some kind of research went on. Uh, for other uh, people whose research relies on uh, desk work and looking at archives and literature, they probably were not affected as much as long as they could have access to the sources because you know people who don't conduct empirical research or people who uh, work on mining data, et cetera, um, were not as affected. So clearly, yes, of course, your research, the type of research uh, that you engage in had a great impact on how you were affected. But basically a lot of people, a, a lot of research has been undertaken on COVID, right? So people are seeing, oh, what are the biggest hits for Google, you know, on Google? What, uh, what are people reading? What are people doing? You know, so people were, were studying the impact of COVID on individuals right thank you if we if we change our focus slightly to bring it a little closer to the topic on which this project is focusing um which is specifically 
resilience and academic resilience as opposed to organizational resilience or student resilience. As an academic, how would you define resilience? I would define resilience as the ability to handle unexpected, difficult situations and handle them effectively and efficiently. And, and if that is your definition, could I ask you to consider how resilient you would say you've been during the pandemic? And as a follow-up question, has that fluctuated or would you say that your, your own resilience has been consistent through the last more than a year now? So I think I've been very, very resilient through this pandemic. Uh, it um, has changed me in, in ways, definitely, uh, but I think I've risen to the challenge. I think I've had the confidence to deal with this, but clearly I'm um, a very experienced academic. I don't need to undergo, like, promotion events, tenure events, I've passed those kind, that stage. So I think that helped uh, a lot. Just the stage of my career that I'm in helped me to be able to handle this crisis with confidence. So I think I, think I, I was resilient through this. And you asked whether I felt things changed as um, the pandemic progressed and as the situation changed yes of course it did because the demands that we experience or we have to uh, deal with change during the semester change during the year so for example when our teaching terms started that was you know a different challenge right we need to get prepared for classes we have assessment of students we have different things. The summer we don't teach, we're supposed to work on research, but we need to uh, ensure that we're collecting our data, that we're uh, dealing with other people. Sometimes meetings were cancelled, overseas meetings, so we need to figure out how to deal with those effectively. And I think by and large, as an academic community, we have done okay. I don't know about how the students felt. And one thing is very clear is that resilience or the ability to deal with this varied very much depending on an individual stage of their career, their stage in life and their own circumstances, I think. And that's something that we've seen coming through in the interviews that we've been um, conducting with people. And I wonder if I could ask you to elaborate on your thoughts a little bit more in that regard, the possible differences between sort of late career, mid-career, early career academics and how COVID might have impacted on their, on their own academic resilience. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, um, you know, because we have uh, academics from all different stages of their career in our faculty. Then I, I think also we live in a context in Hong Kong where people live in small houses, relatively small houses. They live in flats. So it, uh, from talking to my colleagues, it wasn't only the stage of their career, but it's also the, their circumstances. So for example, uh, one of my young colleagues has two toddlers under three at home and said, you know, that she had to come 
uh, to the office to work. And she had to uh, have to deal with the children's needs or her husband was also at home. And, you know, it was very difficult because you have to, children are not going to school. Uh, you, you may not have a dedicated space to work in at home. So this becomes an issue. On the other hand, you may have someone in the same stage of their career, but they're single, they live alone, they, um, they, they have a different setup, they, um, they have more flexibility to manage their schedule. So one, I think, was very much um, dependent on one stage of career. If you're, say, new to academia and you've not taught before and you're preparing classes for the first time in this mode, it's difficult. If you've taught before and you have to transform your new classes to online mode, it's a bit easier. If you're having to undergo like a, a, a personnel event, like you're preparing for tenure, which is a big deal for academics, it's very tough because everyone is busy sometimes and, you know, you have obligations to meet, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you may not be able to collect your data. You have to, you know, there are a number of issues. So I really think it depends on where one is in one's career, uh, one's experience of doing the job that they had to do. Right. Also their living circumstances, so some people actually thrived during COVID. Um, we know this because they didn't have to spend so much time traveling to work. They, they worked from home. Uh, only very important meetings were held. There was et cetera. So, so it did make a difference, I think. But I think also the lack of interaction, the lack of face-to-face -face interaction affects one differently at different stages of one's career. So if you've been working in an academic environment, say you've been working with the same colleagues for many, half a dozen years, they all know you, you can conduct your business on Zoom. But if you're new to the group, it's very hard to establish new relationships in an online environment, I think. I think I think what you say yeah. is very true. I've seen with colleagues as well who who've been new to teams, developing those networks has been challenging where they haven't actually met people prior face to face in order to have that sort of more immediate relationship building happening. It's it's a good point that you make there. So I'm hearing some interesting comments in the points that you make, and I'm hearing, I'm going to name a few things that I think are coming through, a sense of positivity in, what, in sort of in a broader picture of one's own research and academic mm -hmm. trajectory, the importance of having some kind of structure, people that perhaps have more structure are better equipped to be resilient, perhaps. And the importance of collaboration and communication with colleagues, even if it is remote or virtual, if we think about some of those concepts or constructs, what sort of attributes would you say in general define a resilient academic? Um, it's the ability to deal with unexpected change and deal with it well. I think that's the, that's a resilient academic. I think you know, academics, people who go into 
this line of work. They're all bright. And they all have, have to have had some kind of um, motivation and some kind of, if I can use the word discipline, to get where they are. Okay, so typically one will start and say, okay, today I'm going to do one, two, three, four, right? And in any job, people have to deal with the unexpected, right? But what happened during COVID was it, there were lots and lots of unexpected things. So you may have thought, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say, write this paper <laughs> in this month. But then the whole scenario in terms of teaching changed. And you had to forget about that and put in all your efforts on preparing materials for online teaching, going and recording lessons. And so a resilient person is able to accept that and bounce back, right? So, so that is the thing, it's the bouncing back. Everybody has setbacks uh, in their career, but this was a global setback. And also converting adversity into opportunity. I think this is another thing that makes someone resilient. So for example, somebody says, aha, I cannot go. And I'm, I'm talking about data because we tend to collect data with, with, you know, I'm supposed to be going to schools and collecting data and overseeing this project this month. It's not possible. What can I do instead? So let me read up a little bit about the literature. Let me write an evaluative piece. Let me write an essay. Let me do a what we call a, a comment or let me do something else. So that, I think, is an indicator of being resilient because you're not letting the situation get you down and you're capitalizing on your strengths, what you have, and, and you can get something out of it, you know? And I think this was just, and uh, we know, this was an amazing opportunity for higher education academics to actually get into the virtual world. No, I mean, overnight, everybody's gone online. I mean, we've been talking about online teaching for ages. If we had not had this pandemic, I don't think we would have seen this level of uh, migration to online teaching. I'm sure you're right there. Some of the points you make require intellectual flexibility on the part yes. of the individual, and some of them would require organisational support, whether it be facilities or mentoring. Could you comment on the extent to which universities need to play a role in supporting their academics to be resilient? Oh, I think there's no question. I'm very blessed to work for an institution that at least in terms of teaching, they were just outstanding in terms of the support that was provided, the technical support, the number of workshops that were offered. They really, really helped us. And that, I think, the structure was really, really important. The other thing is, 
to realize that we have amazing infrastructure to actually do everything online. We don't have to worry about the internet failing or not having enough bandwidth to do <laughs> classes, et cetera, et cetera. So we're really, really blessed with the physical infrastructure. Also, access to resources is terribly, terribly important be them teaching resources or research resources. So that is really, really important. So, you know, at the university level, you were allowed to access. We were never closed. We were ne there was never any lockdown. You could always go to the library, at least or, or accessing. So I think that is absolutely critical and makes you resilient. The other point you mentioned relates to mentoring. And... I would just actually go a step further. And I think it's a, it's a culture, whether it's a department or a unit or a division or whatever. I don't think the university, I mean, university can provide the overall aspect, but I think it's like the smaller unit or the team that makes a difference. Many times we talk about the department, right? The department, how that supports. And that is, um, I think the leadership, therein is critical in supporting that. And just give you one or two good examples in terms of teaching. I was talking about teaching being so important and our university giving a lot of support. So for example, we, we I work in a faculty of education that has outstanding teachers and we have some really good teachers. And what happened is one or two weeks after this whole online teaching started, they started giving us workshops on how they'd coped, you know, the sharing of good practices. The, so those things are really important. So that kind of leadership is important. In terms of mentoring, I'm sure it's exceptionally important. And I, I think in, in our own group, we just try to keep in touch with everybody, be, um, be their senior, mid-career or junior. And although there was not some sort of mentoring relationship, there was this supportive context that we try to provide. I think everybody knows what they need to do. But what I think is in my own group, it's just a lovely group. And there's just a lot of sharing and people will say, oh, I tried this and do you want this? And there's that openness. So I think it's a it's a sort of culture, but I don't think it's a it's as large as an organizational culture. It needs to be your little department or unit or group or that kind of thing that makes a difference mm, much more immediate to yes yeah tighter microsystem <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um i'm wondering whether the pandemic has impacted on your own academic identity and as a consequence of that whether priorities or career aspirations or plans may have changed over the last year or so um, as we've all sort of been through this reflective process as we live within the constraints or opportunities, as you've said, of COVID? I don't think it's shifted my academic identity at all. Okay. So it's not changed my identity or priorities, but it may change, may have changed. I don't know. It may have changed the way I approach things. Uh, let me give you some concrete examples. As an academic, I used to travel a lot. I work internationally and I would travel at least once a month. 
Okay. I've absolutely not traveled <laughs> this 14 months. But I've done all the work that I would have done anyway, whether it's sitting on a grant review panel, whether it's sitting, uh, you know, whether it's attending some conference or giving a talk <laughs> overseas. You know, I've done all those things. Yes, I've really missed seeing people working face to face, but the kind of things that I was doing actually have been accomplished remotely. <laughs> um, you know, some of the things, I mean, yeah, in, in terms of travel. So has it shifted my priorities, you asked? I, I, my priorities are the same, but it may have shifted the way I may undertake my work, right? So if somebody says to me, will you talk? Will you give a talk? Will you give a talk at such and such place? I may think, yes, I really want to talk, right? Uh, I want to give this talk. I want to have impact. But then I'll think about it a little bit. And I'll say, well, how many people are there? Is this, is this something that I can do? Is this something that I can do uh, on Zoom and still benefit, you know, and, and meet my obligations? Or is it important that I go there and I work with the people there? You know, so, so I'm beginning to wonder, you know, will I be traveling so much? Yeah, I, I don't know. So priority is not changing. <laughs> Do you think that those, that reflection and that evaluation is likely to persist once we are able to travel? Do you think that's something that you're going to continue to Consider I'll, I'll more have, deeply. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll have to see. Yeah, I'll consider it, I think, more deeply. I'll tell you why, because um, last, a few weeks ago, it seemed like things were nearly getting back to normal in Hong Kong. The cases had come down and then we had another, we had an uptick of cases. So some restrictions were uh, in, enforced again. So what happened was the previous two weeks, I was like, aha, it seems like people are coming back to the office. Things are getting back to normal. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, we are all creatures of habit, whether two years from now we'll have this behind us like SARS, you know, in, um, or whether this is going to change our life permanently. I don't know. I think there will be some things that are, are, cha are changed, but I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know. Of course, I will travel when I can, but whether I'll travel so much, I don't know. Mm. It, it, it made, made as it, I guess this is part of resilience, you know, um, resilience also entails a bit of flexibility and a bit of being willing to change your views based on your experience. It's, it's being a scholar, right, as well. So, you know, you wonder, well, can I do this just as well in a different way? I was supposed to go to this country four times. Do I really need to go four times? Can I just go one time, you know? So. Mm. I wonder how much of that comes with the confidence of having experience. Because I know speaking to more junior colleagues, particularly those that aren't tenured, you know, they, they've expressed a concern that well, if I don't accept this role, if I don't accept this conference presentation, if I don't do this, will I, will I get another opportunity? You know, is it going to impact long term on, on my career? So perhaps, perhaps some of what you're saying 
is a consequence of where you're at in your career and how much you've already achieved. Absolutely. I think it's very different for younger for younger or earlier career academics because you always feel exactly as you said oh somebody's asked me to give this talk if I say no will anybody ask me again you know yeah yeah wow what a fascinating conversation I wonder if there's anything else you'd like to add Rose no I I don't think so I think um, I think all of us as academics will have to reflect deeply on the impact of this pandemic on our academic work in terms of teaching, research, knowledge exchange, service. I mean, it would be naive to think that it's not impacted us. It has, but has this, have you been resilient? Have you weathered the storm, so to speak? And has this uh, empowered you in any way to be able to deal with crises or unexpected situations in the future. I think that's the key point. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your perspectives and your insights on academic resilience. The outcomes of the study are not only relevant to individual academics, but also valuable to policymakers and institutional leaders. If your experience of COVID-19 has caused undue stress, you're invited to speak to Lifeline International or any wellbeing organisation in your region, such as Beyond Blue, or the wellbeing and support offers in your institution. Throughout the series, we're chatting with academics around the world about academic resilience as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. We want to understand what keeps them going, what helps them sustain their work, and most importantly, their conscious commitment to thrive in academia during and beyond the pandemic. In this episode, I was talking with Rose, an internationally renowned researcher who's based in Hong Kong. Please be sure to look out for our next podcast and thank you for joining us.